This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. I'm happy to extend a welcome today to George Hanchoi, who's the CEO of Link Asset Management Limited, which includes the Hong Kong-listed Link Real Estate Investment Trust. He's also chairman of the Supervisory Committee of the Tracker Fund of Hong Kong, which is an exchange-traded fund that tracks the performance of the Hang Seng Index. Han Choi was named Business Person of the Year uh, in Hong Kong for the DHL SCMP Hong Kong Business Awards in 2015. He was also presented with the Asian Corporate Director Award by Corporate Governance Asia in 2013 to 2015. Uh, And he was also named the best CEO by Finance Asia's poll of Asia's best companies uh, in 2012 to 2015. George, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you very much, Steve. Would you tell us to start out here a little bit about your company? Uh, Link is a real estate investment trust. It's the first one in Hong Kong, and it's the largest in all of Asia. Uh, tell us a little bit about it and wh- when it was founded. Okay, the um, trust, Link Real Estate Investment Trust, or Link REIT, that is normally uh, referred to, uh, was uh, listed in 2005. Uh, as you mentioned, it is the uh, first real estate investment trust uh, in Hong Kong. Um, it uh, acquired a portfolio of community shopping centers from the Hong Kong government. The government have been building these shopping centers as part of the low-cost housing uh, estates, and uh, the um, property were put into the REIT and listed it. Um, we have since um, been transforming these assets, um, improving the real, uh, retail space. Over time, we have also expanded beyond Hong Kong um, to China with assets now in Beijing, Shanghai, and Guangzhou. Uh, we have also expanded into new property type um, beyond uh, the retail properties. We are also uh, having offices, uh, office buildings and car parks. The market cap... Um, of Link Read is now at roughly 18 billion US dollars. Wow, quite large. So, and could you tell us uh, how REITs differ um, in Hong Kong from those in US if they do? Um, to a large extent, how it is operated is very uh, similar. Um, the uh, income, um, uh, at least 90% of the uh, income, need to be distributed. Uh, we do not have the tax advantages as uh, REITs in the U.S., um, so that's the um, only, I guess, uh, major difference. But um, uh, by and large, uh, the main uh, features are similar with uh, gearing um, limits, with um, the minimum payout. Um, history, obviously, is that um, you know the REIT market really started in the U.S. in the 60s, and there are now over 1,000 REITs in the U.S., in Hong Kong, there's only about a dozen. So um, it is a new market. There's a new in, uh, uh, investment vehicle. And, um, but there's a lot of interest, and uh, we, we have a lot of uh, interest from investors all around the world and also uh, retail investors in Hong Kong. Uh, I wanted to focus on, on retail here because you're, you're so heavily involved in it and um, talk about some of the issues that are going on in that field today. We, we all know that in the U.S., bricks and mortar – Stores are suffering, uh, not only the stores, but even whole chains have been going out of business at a pace we haven't seen for a number of years. 
even as the U.S. economy seems to be improving. And I see stories this week that U.S. Uh, consumer spending is up, for example. But one result is that a lot of malls have vacancies. A lot of malls are closing or they're trying to repurpose their space and, and put in health clubs, office space and other use, uh, uses. Um, the culprits usually cited for this are the decline, uh, uh, the, the decline, sorry, that the fact that there are too many stores, that we are overstored in the U.S. And so there's going to be a shakeout because of that. And also the other big one, of course, is competition from online sales. Uh, notably, Amazon is cited most often. And of course, the use of mobile to do shopping, which has really taken off. So how does the retail experience for for brick and mortar properties in Hong Kong and China differ from the U.S. Are you experiencing there the similar challenges that we have here in the U.S.? Um, the history of the development of the consumer sectors obviously is very different. Um, and so we have seen um, somewhat similar you know, sort of trend growth of uh, online retail, but um, uh, the experience of um, having only started building shopping centers in the last sort of 10, 15 years uh, means that there are not a lot of properties that were built 20, 30 years ago where it, it's sort of not fit for purpose or current purpose, um, as in the U.S., where some of them really have to change how it is laid out and, and what are the uh, type of services and products are offering are offered within the mall. Um, the Chinese uh, consumer market has been uh, growing rapidly, um, although it has some slowdown, but there's still far exceed the global average uh, growth. Uh, we've seen double-digit growth in the um, early parts part of 2010, 2014. Uh, more recent, you know, 2016, is, uh, it still grow, uh, rose by 7%. So um, with very strong growth in consumer spending, the government policy is also shifting um, towards uh, consumer-driven rather than export-driven. Uh, which has helped um, you know, the consumer growth uh, wage uh, um, level have increased quite a lot in the last 10 years. Um, online has uh, indeed grown uh, very fast. Um, it is now um, accounting for 13.5% uh, uh, of total retail sales uh, compared to only 7.7% in the U.S. And it is the ownership of, of uh, the smartphone, uh, especially in the last few years, um, very well-developed mobile payment solutions, um, very easy and inexpensive delivery uh, services. Um, and a lot of Chinese shop- shoppers like to compare prices, uh, and so uh, online uh, allows them to do that a lot easier than uh, walking from shop to shop. So I think combination of all these factors has helped. Um, I know Professor David Bell have uh, written a lot about what sort of products should be online or offline. Um, we also are seeing, like, uh, similar to uh, other countries, is that the online companies are also moving to have a offline presence and building physical uh, presence or investing in uh, physical retail chains. So uh, I think over time, it's really a merger of uh, the two experience um, to serve the consumers uh, wherever they want to shop. Yeah, I I noticed that uh, uh, talking about those uh, 
those kinds of practices you were just mentioning. So in the U.S., you've got bonobos. These are sort of the examples that often uh, surface when you talk about this topic. Warby Parker, of course, and now Amazon actually has some retail stores, which is uh, which is really interesting. And there, those those groups are working to create a more seamless experience uh, between the sort of physical store and the online experience. Um, what what do you see going on in Hong Kong and China that relates to this approach, this mix of online and bricks and mortar? And uh, is there anything that the West might learn from from the Asian experience? Um, we have to realize, firstly, that a lot of people in China have never owned a PC, have never had a fixed line. So when mobile comes along, I mean, that's the first thing that they have. And so... What happened, which you know, uh, drive the whole change, is that the uh, barrier to entry is a lot easier when you, you're thinking about only, you know, building a business on the mobile. And so, you know, skipping that technology uh, legacy uh, has helped China and uh, a lot of the businesses uh, to grow a lot faster. Um, and in the consumer uh, mindset. Uh, they really, you know, every shopper is really just thinking about, okay, I want to buy something. How best can I do that? You know, what is my journey? Um, and during that journey, um, whether it is um, through uh, the app or through um, the experience, they can actually gain some pleasure out of it. So um, there's a lot of talk about experience-based uh, business model rather than transactional-led. Um, so how we can actually make it fun for people, even you know, buying weekly grocery, uh, why, why should that be a chore? Can't can it be fun? Um, and so those are some of the things that I, I think um, uh, a lot of um, businesses in China have been trying to come up with new models of doing it. Um, and, and I, I see um, actually um, maybe this is a part of globalization, but um, a lot of U.S. companies, trying to learn how China is doing it, um, and, and a lot of Chinese companies be going to the U.S. to learn. Um, I think there are a few advantages, though, um, in, in China. One, one is the payment solution. Um, most of the consumers in China either use uh, Alipay or WeChat Pay. And having only one or two um, or very few payment solutions will help the shoppers because they don't have to um, go you know, open their wallet and, and choose 10 different ones and which one should I use this time. And on the flip side, the merchants also do not have to install that many options to allow any shopper coming in. Um, they don't know which shopper use which one, and so they have to install 10 different machines on the on the, on their um, um, countertop. So um, having fewer um, payment solution, you know, through maybe consolidation or someone just uh, you know, grow to be strong. And I see that in um, the U.S., you know, Amazon and eBay um, don't really have a payment system well embedded in, in, in their own platform, uh, relying on, I guess, uh, you know, other uh, payment platforms. Um, so that's one uh, issue. The other is, I guess, um, there's sort of an incumbent uh, Problem, you know, if uh, some of the uh, the retail retailers already have um, x number of stores, um, the the incentive to move to all, you know, more towards online 
becomes more difficult because uh, every time the decision, especially about how to shrink the current physical presence, so um, it makes the uh, decision a lot more challenging. Um, but you know, if you don't do it, I guess someone else will be eating your pie already. You 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 have to react. So um, the other thing I, I noticed is that um, the um, consumer. Um, do want to go online to do a lot of research, but at the end of the day, they do want the physical touch and feel in the store, and so that cannot be replaced. And at the end, I think one thing that's important, the social aspect of uh, being with other people, whether it's family, friends, and, uh, classmates, um, in a physical location, is something that the more will, will uh, allow itself to have a, a, a future. But it has to be fun. So um, how to make it easy, how to make sure that when you get there, you, you know how to find the stores you want, whether it's a parking app to find your car, uh, e-directory, um, and whether you can get the sort of data analytic for the retailer to understand the type of customer coming into the mall. So um, a lot of research being done uh, on both sides. Uh, um, you know, both U.S. and Asia, um, and um, yeah, I, I think um, retailers and landlords are less uh, worried than five years ago when everyone was sort of scared of you know that that's the end of physical retail. And now I think um, people are uh, have understand it more, and and um, O to O becomes I guess the um, the buzzword these days. Well, interestingly, uh, there you are in Hong Kong, and, and things are a little bit different there, aren't they? E-commerce and mobile shopping haven't caught on as much as in China, which is interesting. Uh, and that's partly because of Hong Kong's unique geography. It's compact. It's easy to get around. Can you talk about that that difference? And also, I'm wondering if what you see uh, in Hong Kong would also apply to Places in the U.S. like New York City, for example, that's an island, right? <laughs> in the end, Manhattan Indeed, is an island. Uh, yeah. The, the uh, trend in, in Hong Kong or any sort of compact cities with high density um, and with uh, good transport network um, does help because then um, it's easy to get to the shops, uh, getting in and out of shops. And um, opening hours, um, Hong Kong... Um, Shopping centers and shops tend to open into very late at night uh, hours. So, um, you know, regardless of what time you work, you know, some people work until very late. And uh, in a, in a lot of cities, you can't find anywhere to pick up your food and uh, uh, things that you want. But in Hong Kong, it's, you know, the opening hours helps. And then, you know, we have very small apartments. So when you have small apartments. The, the um, consequence is that it is very hard to entertain your friends and relatives at home. And so um, shopping center uh, provide, uh, plays a much bigger part of your social life, whether, you know, not just shopping, but actually the dining and the entertaining. So um, you know, it's not too different. You know, in, in, in New York, a lot of the restaurants, the F&B, um, the restaurants do very well. And this trend seemed to be the case uh, in a lot of places in the last couple of years where people have moved away from the sort of heavy consumerism. Um, you know, how, how many shirts and, and tra- pair of trousers can you buy? And uh, I think fast fashion also makes people 
to own so much. Um, and so now that there is um, not a revolution, but certainly people are saying hey, we actually want the experience, we actually want um, the entertainment, um, the um, you know gathering of people and, and all that. And so um, in a compact city, um, that's even more more the, so than than in um, in the so much more spread out uh, country. Um, Hong Kong, um, the number of people still have gone up a lot. You know, those who have shopped online in Hong Kong have gone up from seven percent in 2004 to about 23 percent in 2014. So uh, the number has been been rising. Uh, still behind China, but it is indeed rising, and people are trying it. Um, and um, I, I think um, you know that certainly for any. City similar, you know, whether it's um, you know, New York or London, uh, the experience is very similar. Well, uh, George, it's very kind of you to join us this morning. Uh, appreciate it very much, um, and learning about retail in Hong Kong and China and and Asia and real estate. Uh, thanks very much. Uh, we appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. 